people we got a better MMA roasted podcast with Bill Dawes sorry for the weird schedule this week Ween Dog is out of town uh he has a new job by the way and by the way everyone asking where Ween Dog is he does our sound he's the one that puts all the stuff up editing he just has a new job that uh takes him out of the podcast but he's on vacation this week so uh I, I recorded two but they're both gonna go out Friday um which is always great when you uh, a great time to put up a podcast it's Friday night when everyone's doing stuff yeah exactly but it's hard because it's like there's so many great fights this weekend and I, I want to talk about them and go over them. But it's like, I don't want to do a podcast and put it up next week. And then, and the, you know, because I, 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 they're like, well, what do you guys think of the fights? So I figured we'll just talk about the fights and then put it up Friday. And if you watch the show on Monday or Tuesday, whatever. Nice house, by the way, Bill. Nice, nice kitchen. Thank you, man. I just bought it. No. Really? No. Oh. Are you, uh, are you in uh, Texas? No, I'm in, uh, I'm in San Jose. Oh, nice. Are you doing the uh, improv with Piven? No, no. I'm on my way to rain now, and I'm visiting my my daughter. Oh, there you go. Nice. Your uh, daughter who goes to Berkeley, who's, like, killing it? Yeah, she's graduated Berkeley. And now I don't know what she does. She 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 works at a theater in Berkeley. Like a play theater or, like, a movie theater? Yeah. Or? Curtains or something. I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm happy you guys spent $200,000 on college education I- for her work at a theater. That's exactly, I mean, cause yeah, that's, that's why you go to school, right? For four years, you can get out and work at a movie theater. Uh, in college, I just said, I said, don't worry about your, cause she had a double degree of like neuroscience and cognitive engineering and some shit. I was like, just do what you want. So of course, then she turned it into like lesbian dance theory and like theater. And now she's <laughs> open up curtains. Dude. I remember, uh, I took like a woman's studies class and I was like 19 years old and I'm sitting there. It was at, I was at college in New York. It was basically like, it was like the worst college. It was, I forgot the college it was. It was on like, I was one of the schools in New York. I don't even know how, I don't even know what college I went to. That's, that's how important this college was. Cause I went to Binghamton. I went to Hofstra and Hunter college. It's my last name. Hunter, Hunter. College, right? And it was like, I took a theater class. People were heckling during the theater class. It was like the Apollo. People were like, <laughs> wrong, yelling at you. I never even got my grades because I still owe them money. I thought it was because I didn't return a, a library book. I have no idea if I even passed Hunter College. I went for one semester. I have no idea if I passed these classes or not. I called Why them up. around so much? Because I went to Binghamton and then I wanted to become an actor and a comedian. So I went to Hofstra. I was living in Long Island and I was just going to the New York every day. So I was like, fuck it, I gotta go to school in New York. That way I could like, and then when I got there, I was just, doing comedy every night and not really paying attention and you know yeah. and then but the school itself was like it was kind of a, i didn't think it was that good of a school to be honest and i remember taking a woman's studies class though and like the, the the topic was like why do women um not make as much money as men and i was like well they don't need to because the men are buying them things right and, and like dude everyone 
everyone, ooh, I almost got kicked out of the class, like right within three seconds, like first, my first and last class. Dude, it was crazy. It was it's probably the most profound statement on feminism you could have said at the time. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, but I went, I was thinking about going back to college a couple times and I'm like, I should just get my degree. I have one year left. And I, and I called up to school and I'm like, hey, I graduated from Hunter College and or I was there for a semester, never graduated, but I never got my report card. Um, is it because of a library book? I'll just buy the book. It's 26 years later, right? And they're like, no, it's because you didn't pay. It's 1200, you still owe us $1,200 or something. And I was like, fuck. It's like, I don't even know. I don't know that I passed these classes. I have no idea what I got, if I passed these classes or not. So uh, you what? can just tell what you graduated and put it on your resume. Who's checking this shit? Nobody's checking. Nobody's I'm, checking. Hey, Ron is going around saying he graduated Georgetown Law. No, he didn't. Who did? It's like, hey, Ron. Oh, comment. really? Yeah, he didn't graduate a lot. You say it. People believe you. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so uh, what else is going on, man? How's, uh, how's, your, how's your week been? My week is, oh, I did one of those Netflix is a joke shows. Yes. Which like any show, basically, that you're on in L.A. is a Netflix is a joke show. I know. I so, was like, I, I'm like, that's what I did at the improv. I'm like, well, does everyone have Netflix? Is that the whole thing? Like, what? What, what is, is this going on Netflix? Like, no. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> aside from the, the thing behind you, I, I actually wanted to go, I did the dime bar. I wanted to put like Hulu as a joke, like behind <laughs> me and be like, I'm doing the Hulu because joke festival. But yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Uh, there were a couple people from Netflix there, I guess. But I'm like, what do you do at Netflix? The lady's like, oh, um, I, I work this, but they told me to just go to the comedy shows. I was like, yeah. You know, apparently there's one person at the Laugh Factory from Netflix, but also they're not like, hmm, a white straight male comic. We need oh. more. Oh. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Well, are you following the Johnny Depp trial? Some. Is Amber Heard testified yet? Yes. Yes. And she, did she went yesterday and she went on and on about, man, I mean, about how he, he slapped her in the face. She asked him about his tattoo, the Winona, because, you know, he had that Winona forever tattoo. And then he, he changed, changed the wino forever. I know. And she started laughing at him. So he smacked her like three times or something. And uh, and, and then she, she was like, it seemed like he was crying, but tears weren't coming out. And, and then so she was like wiping away fake tears, maybe. And every comment on Twitter, like on the thing, like, and the worst actress goes to Aquaman, <laughs> take her out. Like, they're literally, like, I'm like, Jesus. Like, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Um, it did seem like Johnny Depp did a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol and maybe doesn't even remember doing what shit he did, you know? It does seem, though, like, based on the, on the transcripts of people recording each other, she admits to, I didn't punch you. I just hit you. Right. Um, it, it does seem like she admits to hitting him. He never admitted to doing this. So I don't know what the fuck happened, but also like he gave her like 14, like 14 million dollars. She said she gave like two million to the ACLU and then they, they came up and said, no, we never got the money. Yeah. Uh, so it's and then Elon Musk is the one who gave the money to her uh, instead of him. It's, the whole thing is it's bananas. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just supposed to show you that like. One minute, you know, <laughs> you got the woman of your dreams. Next minute, she's shitting on your bed. I, I, there's got to be, but there were all these flags. I guess I, I, I a dream, right? So there you go. So they were only together dream. 15 months, too. Wow. Like the and whole did, thing. Didn't he leave his wife and kids for her? Didn't she like on top of it? I don't she know, man. Boy. 
She must be. I mean, allegedly he grabbed her vagina and spun her around and made him blow her and all this. That's just, a, let's be honest. <laughs> keeps getting crazier. Meanwhile, my friend from high school, my like good friend from high school was the psychiatrist in it. Shannon. Whoa. Oh, that's right. Post about that. Yeah, I know. I got the, but like literally I'm like, Shannon, like she was like always a couple years younger than me. And she was like super cool. Like we were like friends. She dated a couple of my friends. And like, I always like thought she was like, she's a very attractive girl. I was kind of had a a mini crush on her. I don't want to say crush on her, but she was always like adorable. Just a a, a sweet, fun Cali girl. We went to high school there. And then uh, she came to see me in Hawaii. I performed in Hawaii. She was living out there. She came to she came to L.A. And like her and Brett Ernst were kind of like, what? what was that? She came to Hawaii to see you. No, she was living in Hawaii. Oh, OK. Oh, and then like I had a show. And she was like standing by the stage like like this. And I'm like, cool. you know, like, but we're always uh, we're super friends. I mean, she's a really, really cool girl. I may edit out uh, the part where I had a, a crush on her. My wife might see this and be like, what the fuck? Uh, podcasts yeah i think we may have to to start this over again uh so all right let's take it here my friend shannon was on it my friend shannon curry like dude i was super good friends with her in high school like the little the psychiatrist she's a very very attractive girl uh she's like the nicest sweetest girl i didn't realize how good of a psychiatrist she was i mean she just blew everyone out of the water um and who uh, who was she psychiatristing for she had she spent 15 hours with Amber Heard and did a whole bunch of tests on her and basically said she's bipolar, she's manic, oh. she's like un- like just like tore her to pieces. Oh wow. Like, and then everyone's like, I love this psychiatrist, I'm madly in love with her. I'm standing her. I'm like, that's Shannon. I knew her when she was like 14 years old. Like literally, I went to boarding school together for like Hyde, the high the Hyde school. Um and see, she was, she's always cool. She came and saw me in Hawaii when I did comedy and this and that. But I was like, and then I looked at her and I like immediately felt like a complete loser. Cause I'm like, man, this girl is like, like a, a doctor dealing with veterans with the Johnny Depp trial, this and that. I'm telling dick jokes in the bottom of a ship. But like, like what, what am I doing with my life? Like, has it ever happened to you? You see someone else that you started with or whatever. And like, you're just like, I'm a total failure. Well, I think when I was a, a, a freshman, Ted Cruz was a senior at Princeton. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was he cool? Were you friends with him? My uh, man. Yeah. But even like actors, like or comedians, like I used to tour with like Theo Vaughn. You know, like me, I got I, I used to get Theo thousands of spots at the at the Bruco or Whitney Cummings. I give her all. That. And I look at their homes now and like what they're doing, and I just just like I'm like yeah. But it doesn't give you any solace that they're both like suicidal. It doesn't make you feel better. <laughs> you know, I start playing that game of like, well, look, I got a wife and I got a kid and I'm happy and I have a house. And look, and don't it's not a race and have blinders on and don't compare yourself to others. But then like that's almost like makes it worse. Like it's like almost like the person who's telling themselves that they're doing OK. You know, like so I have to not care at all. That's, that's what life is. People telling themselves that they're OK until they die because <laughs> They're doing too. They're telling shit. They're telling shit. You know how it is. Like when you know people like at that level and you get really close to them, you realize like, holy shit. Cause we've both been close to people who are very, very famous. Dude, there and, are people out there that have like a hundred times of the career that I've ever had that I, would, I wouldn't try place with them for one day. Like literally one day. Like they have, I know them and they have nobody that really likes them. Yeah. Like, like nobody is actually like their friend. Everyone wants something for them. Uh, everybody like is using them and 
and, and their houses look like uh, display houses. Yeah. Like they don't look lived in. <laughs> like, you know, like my house is a mess, but you know, there's like, there's like a lot of love and like madness in this house, you know, versus I like. Have pretty fucking great life, Adam. Do you not have people telling you that your daughter is, your daughter is beautiful and so sweet and cool. You're lucky. Your, your wife puts up with your fucking craziness. You get to perform a lot. You're very respected as a comic. I do, but like I'm in therapy once a week and I, and, and I have to like look at that and be like, yes, because I always wait for the, sh- I always go, yes, but, yes, yeah. but, yes, but she's, she's three now, my daughter. And when she's 10, she's going to think I'm a total asshole or, or, or eight or, or, or I go, yeah, yes, but uh, I'm not doing it on my own. My wife also provides a lot of this, you know, or yes, but, you know, my stepmom died and left me a little money. You know, like, like I, it's always like, I have to not look at that, but that's always my problem. It was always like, I have to win the States. And then if I didn't win this and I won the States to go, I'll have to win the nationals. Otherwise I'm not shit. Uh, and then if I don't win, it's like, I, there's always that yes, but, and yes, I have to actually work on that because it's a, it's a form of like, it could lead to depression of like feeling For like sure. not good enough. And like, like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is good, but this is not real. You start doubting everything. Like my wife loves me, but she loves me today. Is she gonna love me tomorrow. Probably you know, not. Or, or, so anyway, tall Steve is here. Uh, he's a guy who's undefeated in Bellator his last fight was supposed to be his biggest challenge. He fought a guy that had all kinds of experience, was a PFL dude. It was supposed to be like the big step up. And Tall Steve just fucking demolished him. It wasn't even close. Uh, ran through him again. Uh, how many? What is it? Wait, 11 or no now? 10 and 0, I think. 10 and 0. How many first round stoppages? Um, I don't remember. Seven? Seven? Eight? Seven. I mean, no, eight, 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 all but are two. You the, are you the most slept on fighter in the history of fighting right now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I mean, it'd be nice if I had some more Instagram followers, I guess, but, <laughs> but I feel like, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bitch on Bellator. We do that every time, but I do feel like you, they have another guy, Joey, Joey, uh, who was like undefeated in college. The guy was undefeated. Joey Davis. Joey Davis is another yeah. guy who was undefeated in Bellator. He was a four-time. He never lost in college. Unde- undefeated NCAA or Division Two, Division Two yeah. guy. And you never hear about him. Like if I'm yeah. Bellator, I'm going. We got a a good-looking, tall, white heavyweight who's fucking ten and zero. Uh, we got to get him on the main card. We have a guy who's a four-time national champion, never lost in college. Like I'm, I'm pushing you guys to the front. Uh, yeah, man, I came, I think I came in at a really interesting time in the, uh, in the discussion because, yeah, I mean, we talk about like what you're saying, <clears throat> you know, like what you were saying before, especially about like, uh, recognizing the good things that happened to you in spite of, you know, everything not being perfect. And I try to, I, I try to be there too. And I think the best part about this, like what, what you're saying, interesting now, I should say is that. You know, we live in a time where even like right now, the political climate is so weird. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, like right on the precipice of World War Three. And it's it's interesting that like, you know, we life really is at a time like we're at a very interesting point in human history. And uh, I was like, I can't wait to get on the phone and make and make, you know, shitty puns about MMA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, 
no, to, to build on what you said, you know, it's very interesting. Like I always think before I do, especially your show, I always think like, okay, don't take yourself so seriously. Let's go on there and have fun. But then I get on and you're talking about a very, you know, something is very near and dear, or at least you make yourself, you made yourself very vulnerable just now. And it's very like, very, uh, admirable of you to be able to do that, you know, come on and mention very personal things that are near and dear to you. But yeah, I don't know, but on what you said, yeah, it's, you know, I like, I wish I was rich and I wish I was, I wish I got offered, you know, four fights a year and I got paid a million dollars a fight. And I don't know, but you know, I mean, as for me and like the, the hand I've been dealt, you know, like, I can't, I can't be too upset. Well, you, pretty you're good. doing everything right, though. Everything you're doing is right. Like, literally, you're, you're going in there and you're beating guys in one minute, uh, in two minutes, and you're the heavyweight. And, and, you, and you, you started late. I mean, we talked about, like, I was thinking about Luke Rockhold, who used to bully you. Did, were you on that show, uh, uh, Bill? With so Luke Rockhold? Yeah, Luke Rockhold tortured this guy. He was like always making fun of him because he was the, he was an amateur and Luke was the man and this and that. And yeah. I'm like, man, like if Luke could see you now, you know, I mean, so by the Wait, way. So can I tell you something funny, actually? So Luke came to visit us maybe if it was if it was a week ago, it was, a, it was six months ago. But it was it was re- somewhat recent, you know, like maybe inside since my last fight. And um. He came into the gym and I had to shit really bad. Like, <laughs> like, like, like one of those, like, I, like you don't know if you're going to make it or not kind of yeah. things. Like I had too much coffee or something. So whatever I, um, I run right past him as I'm walking in and maybe for the first time ever, Luke made eye contact with me and said, hello. And I'm like holding my guts, like trying not to shit in my pants before practice. And I just, I look at him and give him like one of these and I bolt right past him into a, the bathroom or whatever so whatever I, I go i take the biggest dump of my life i come out and i start getting ready for training and henry's like yeah you um you know whatever gave me the yeah luke's really upset that you didn't say hello to him i was like what are you talking about <laughs> and he's like yeah luke just said like luke was pissed he didn't say hello to him i was like i did say hello to him i like said what's up to him as i walked past him and the, the i guess what makes it worse is like Maybe maybe a month before that, I had texted him to, just to say, "Hey, man, like, hope everything's." I saw something about him on Reddit about how like he's he had just pulled out of his fight with Sean Strickland, and I texted him, "Hey, man, just hope everything's good. Want to make sure you're all right." Never got a text back. I mean, I'm not too mad. Like, I, I guess if something happened serious enough for you to pull out of a fight, then like, yeah, a text from a text from whoever is, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, I get it. But yeah, I was like standing there a little bit dumbfounded, like. How was he gonna be pissed off that like I didn't stop everything I was doing and say hello, but like he couldn't even have the decency to text me back like a month ago? But whatever. I know he's gotten really into like mushrooms. Like he's like him and Rashad Evans are like really into microdosing. Uh, oh, really? I I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I know Rashad won his last fight against Checkout, and I was like, man, I was worried about Rashad for that fight because he was what like, lost five fights in a row or something. He was not. And he looked great, other than his yeah. pants falling down. Uh, his shorts fell down, and you could see his his tie cup. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Hung on, but that was the best Rashad we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and it was good to see him. It was good to see him competing in a way that was like, like effective, like really good against like a good. He was grappling well against a good grappler. It was. How old is your now? 30, like- 30, 38, maybe. <laughs> Gotta be maybe even forty. He was. I, I remember. I remember him bringing up your name, by the way, because like it was a fight that like he got like 
murder. And I was like, oh, who did you trade with? He was like, oh, I brought in tall Steve. Yeah. I go, what? <laughs> Fucking tall Steve. <laughs> like, that's who you bring in. Like- Anthony, Anthony Smith. <laughs> yeah, it was. He brought- last fight in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man. And it was one of those fights where in slow motion, because like Rashad Evans is one of those guys that like, I hate to say it because I, I, I love the guy, but at his best, he's almost unbeatable. But yeah, then yeah. he, then he kind of like hit a wall where he was like losing to guys like Sam Alvey and, and other guys where th- I don't think these guys would have lasted around a with him in his prime. I mean, he was not going to fuck Liddell, you know? And then you have to look at you like nothing exists in a vacuum, right? It's like you look at who these guys were in the timeline of their career versus who Rashad was in the timeline of his career. And I'm with you there. Like you won't, you won't really ever hear me talking shit about Rashad, but um, that's, at that like juncture of his career, all these people were like doing their absolute best. And I mean, Rashad, like I said, not speaking ill of him, but you know, was in the twilight of it. So it's what makes it interesting too, is that like you, you throw him in there with like your Sam Alvey's your Dan Kelly's like, okay, these are guys that are like that a lot of good fighters have gone in there and looked not so good with. Right. Yeah. Those, guys, those and, awkward guys are the hardest to fight. And then you have, and then to cap it off with Anthony Smith is like, okay, we have all these guys that are like just your gritty, weird, awkward, make every fight a weird fight. And then you have Anthony Smith, who, if you look at, you look at where he was in his career, that's kind of like what started his, his, his ascension into what he is now, you know? Yeah. He's a guy that like, literally I remember having him on the podcast when he was in victory fighting championship. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. And, And he texted me afterwards and he's like, Thank you for giving a shit about my fights. And, and nobody ever, uh, he told me, yeah. that, he, he told me his hardest fight ever was the, the methed out guy that came into his house. You ever hear that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like fighting him in his living room for like an hour or something. Some like guy that. went to rob him. And the guy was on like, <laughs> the guy was like a high school wrestler, like a stud. We just went on this like four year meth binge and shows up at Anthony Smith's house. And Smith barely won. Like, like he said that like he teep kicked him like, eight times the face the guy was not going anywhere <laughs> oh, he said that was the hardest fuck man it was it was as if i always joke around and say like if i were the emperor of the world i would make this matchup and i feel like god himself was like this is the matchup i'm making right now oh. anthony smith versus some methed out ex-college <laughs> star athlete dude i remember mayhem was like that there was a girl when mayhem was dating a girl in hawaii and uh, he came into her and like, you know, Mayhem's one of those dudes, like relationships are not his friend. Like when he gets upset, you ever, you ever meet one of those guys that like talk about their ex yeah. and then Me. something weird, <laughs> in their, something weird in their eye goes off. Like you could be like, oh fuck, like this is not going to go well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you ever know those guys? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, and, and unfortunately Mayhem's one of those dudes that like, he just couldn't let shit go. So he, he took, where is he? Is he's he still in Mexico run, no, running he's around? In, he's in jail looking for looking looking at like a lot of time. Jesus. Um and uh but he it was in Hawaii and he broke into his ex-girlfriend's house and her she's with her new boyfriend, and the boyfriend kind of beat him. Like he wasn't expecting that he said the guy came out of like nowhere. Like he was thought it was just gonna be her and the boyfriend, and then it like 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 you never know. I guess it was like kind of like the fact that Mayhem didn't kill him. Because everyone right. looks at fighters as like superhuman. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like when, you know, Don Fry got into a fight with that guy from Hawaii. It was that like bar fight he got into. He, he was like stumbling out and some fucking surfer guy, 
like knocked him down and then he got back up or that BJ Penn thing. I remember, remember BJ Penn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Hey, Steve, Conor McGregor sucker punched a 60-year-old man at a bar and the guy just looked at him funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there a lot of like mental health resources for fighters? Because like, is, is it a focus? Because, you know, for comics, you remember for a while at the Laugh Factor, Adam, we had like a, a psychiatrist like on staff. Yeah, I know. Factor. But I thought people were just going there to get spots. Like they wanted to be seen at the Laugh Factory. So they go to the side. I'm like, dude, I'm not. I can't. There's, there's, there's only so much, you know. But I think comics are like, we're all fucked up. A lot of us have, have issues. But in, in yeah. fighters, there must be a lot of that. But are people ashamed to talk about it? Is it something that's discussed a lot in the fight community or is it hidden? That's the thing is, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you guys in that it's like, it's like a self-imposed stigma almost, you know? Like no, you for are, us it's cool to be fucked up. Like, hey man, I want to commit suicide. Here's my special about it. Yeah, but that, but that's the thing is like, sometimes it's not always so drastic as suicide, you know? It's, it's like, yeah, I just feel sad and it's like, uh, you just feel sad sometimes. Like <clears throat> you just feel sad, and it's like there's nothing glamorous about it. It's just like not. It doesn't manifest itself to the point where you want to, you know, kill yourself. Or at least maybe you're not at that point yet. But it's like I don't know. Fuck. Maybe you don't want to get out of bed for three days. And it's it's not that it's not. It's everybody as valid as you know a very serious crisis. It's just that like it's hard to tough to your, talk to your friends about because you know like once you make it to the news, it's oh he was such a you know he was such an upstanding young gentleman. He's such a nice guy. You know, but whenever you brought it up and said, yeah, man, you know, my my girl and I are fighting about some shit and I, I just don't we don't we're not whatever. Like I'm, I went through some things in my childhood that are starting to manifest themselves now. And like I never properly dealt with it. And it's just it's just tough for me, you know, or self-worth issues. You could you could list, you know, a whole, you know, a, a whole grocery bag of things. And it's it's like, you know, it's never nobody ever champions a cause you know, whenever you're actually going through it, it's not, it's whenever you make it to the news because they found you dead with, you know, a fifth of Jack and pills in your system. Well, yeah. um, to answer your question, yeah, I've, I've sought out um, mental health professionals, you know, a handful of times. I went through, when I first started getting serious with my fiance, we we saw a premarital counselor for uh, the better part of a year. And it was, I say the better part of the year and it was, it was, mostly because it was me trying to like just work through shit and like figure out no just because you know i don't want to go the route of our parents you know like the high divorce rates you know raising kids in broken homes and you know giving them giving them weird like shitty relationships to kind of base what what they think a relationship should look like on and um even before that we had a lady who like you, you said you said you had a guy on staff we had a i met a friend who trained at the gym she trained at like the the what the just your average the gym side of it like the that everybody goes to side the civilian side and i found out she was a mental health professional and just one day she was like yeah you know like if you ever felt like you or any of the guys ever needed to talk like we could we could sit down and talk and i like one like i think the next week was like yeah you know i have some things that i've been thinking about for a while and i saw her for probably four or five months i was talking to her pretty regularly and it was you know like, like you said, it's like, it's one of those things that like, it's the self-imposed stigma. And then it's like, well, I don't want people to think I'm a pussy, but, in, but at the same time too, it's like, it's hard to broach subjects with your friends because whether they mean, mean to or not, they'll like invalidate it or, or diminish it or, you know, that's not that big of a deal or you know, I mean, whatever. And it's like, it, just because like, 
you know, just because it's like not an immediate threat to like your life doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It's just that it's like, well, no, like I want to talk about it. And then I think um, the highest, the highest, most actualized form of this is that it's like, sometimes you don't like, you don't always need advice or you don't really need perspective. Sometimes you just need to like say things and you just, you say, you get it out there in the universe and you just, you know, you need somebody to acknowledge that they had heard you and that they understand you and that, you know, your problem isn't like this schizoid fantasy. It's just, you need somebody that you, you love and respect to look at you and say, yeah, like I get what you're going through and not to give you advice or whatever, try to spin it. Like, well, what I think you should do is, you know, just say, yeah, I love you, man. I love you. And I respect you. And I heard what you had to say. And, you know, no matter what you're going through, I'm always going to be here for you. What's up, people? Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Now head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to get started. It's not just basketball, but online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. And it's the best in the business, okay? From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline where the game starts. Now that was the hard part about COVID for comedians, especially because as a comic, like you, most comics that like you're giving up money, you get, you're giving up your life, you're giving up your family, you, you're giving up relationships because all you're doing is like, I got to make it as a comic in a, a field that there's less professional comedians than there are professional baseball players. I mean, it's just such a hard to make a living at it. But, but at the end of the night, you get the laughs you get validated by laughter. Like people like, oh, great set. That was so funny. And that is like such a, no matter how bad your fucking life goes, at nighttime, you get laughter. You feel like, oh, I'm doing something good with my life. Even if it's the same joke you did for the last whatever. Well, now COVID hits and now people are sitting home and they have no family, they have no money and they have no relationships and they have no kids, a lot, a lot of them. And now there's no laughter. So now you're just like, the fuck did I do? Like, I just gave up everything and I have nothing to show for it. So when comedians were going through depression or killing themselves, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you're looking around and you're getting money from the government. A lot of them, uh, you're getting, you're getting money to, to do drugs or to drink or this, that. So I, I hear you. I, th I think, I think as a fighter also is you put everything in your life into it. And then when you're done fighting, First thing people say is, oh, when's your next fight? When's your next, are you gonna come back? Yeah. So they ask you that and you miss that, that high, that like, or you get knocked out in 37 seconds and you feel like you spend the, your whole life, uh, you know, giving up everything for a fight that you got, you know, leg locked and this. And then I, you wake up in a, you wake up in a locker room and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, it is very similar. what do you think of uh, Bill, the uh, Chappelle thing that happened? Oh, um, I mean, that guy was going, what are you, are you talking about the double leg that the guy went for? I think he, yeah. he has, he was doing it properly. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, his takedown defense is pretty good, I thought. It was, but then he like fell the second time. He, he, he fell on like a, it was like a weird scramble. But then yeah. Buster, Buster Rhymes and Jamie Foxx kicked the shit out of the guy in the back. His arm is completely fucked. Yeah. And they hand off that arm too. Um, I don't understand. Like that guy must've spent a thousand dollars on tickets. Like how, like, how did he get up there? How did he get so close where he's able to get on stage? He got past the metal detector too with the, the 
knife thing, the gun or the knife. Why would you have a gun that turns into a knife? (laughs) Have you seen a picture of it? Yeah, but like, yeah. It's like, it's like a gun, but out of the barrel is like this, you know, a knife. It's... I mean, like, is that to like hide the knife with a gun? It makes no sense. Well, the gun, like, I'm going to get you, and the knife comes out like that. <laughs> like the carrot top of fucking. I mean, it makes it made no sense. It <laughs> the made carrot, no the sense. carrot top of terrorists. <laughs> yeah, and the guy, somebody on my on my Instagram put like, oh, I produced that guy's rap song. I should release the album or something. I guess. Are the you guy, yeah. Joking? No, the guy's a rapper. The guy's a rapper. <laughs> but. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, why are you telling me this? I like, what do you want from me? But either do it or don't. But yeah, he produced the guy's rap album or rap song. I'm just glad Dave Chappelle's safe. And I'm glad that the guy was black because if he was white, we'd have to hear about white supremacy for the next two weeks. So or thank the was, Or if the guy was trans, remember that? Imagine that happened. The trans oh, God. Yeah, oh God. That's um, what Dave said. He goes, that was a trans man. <laughs> this is ridiculous now all right a couple things uh, a couple mma news that went on um it got announced today that july 4th that weekend it's going to be the rematch of volkanowski versus max holloway um their third fight i thought max won the first two so i'm happy about this he gets to redeem himself i know for the last fight he said he didn't actually train it was during covid he was trained on zoom I don't even know how you even do that. Uh, he was playing video games, like he was he was playing the UFC game to like give him ideas for combinations. Really? Are you serious? Is that what he said? Oh yeah. Oh my. <laughs> he said he would. He said he would have. He said he would have Hen and Barrow and uh, Jose Aldo fight each other in the game, and that's how he would. He would like come up with combinations from that. That is so <laughs> funny. Um, I hope. Max wins this fight. I I, I really do. Uh, I've always been a Max fan. Not that I don't, I don't, I don't know Volkanovski. He's like a nice guy too. Who do you think wins the fight, Steve? Yeah, I don't know. That's. I think I'm going to have to go with Volkanovski there, just be, because I'm with you. I'm with you in the sense that it's like, I really think Max, especially the second fight. I thought Max won the first fight. Is tricky. Second fight, I thought Max won. Um, but then, but I think if. It's just with like the passage of time, I really think that like Volk like has the, his feet firmly firmly planted where he's at, and he's you know shared enough time with him now. That he's just gonna he has it figured out. He has the game on Volk, kind of thing. Right, Bill. I mean, I'm just a, I like Holloway. He, he's recently engaged. He's got things look up in his life. He looks like a he's, he's married. Like, he got married. He's like, also one of those guys that when he first came out was like texting me all the time, DMing me, come on the show. Now I can't get a hold of the guy. Now uh, you can't. Yeah. Now he doesn't text you back. Yeah. No. N- n- never responds. Uh, like his his ex wife was a big fan of mine. Maybe that was it. Maybe he doesn't want. Maybe I remind uh, his ex wife. But uh, but he doesn't yeah, want he, to take his current wife. Huh? But him and Colby too. Colby doesn't get back to me either. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, he will kind of sometimes, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know he's going through some shit. Though he's suing Masvidal for brain damage. Oh uh, shit! Like, I didn't know that. His tooth got knocked out. I think it was a fake tooth. I'm pretty sure it was a because it like, like yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a cap because uh, I, th- I think it looks was, it looks like a cap like the yeah. way it's cut. Uh huh. Um, but now he's suing for brain damage. Uh, so I guess he's not racist anymore. So that's I guess not kidding. Uh, but <laughs> so now do we? I mean, what Moswell did sucks. Of course, jumping a guy outside of a restaurant with two of your friends. Punching in the face, posting about it. It's like, bro, you had 25 minutes to do that. Couldn't do it. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's looking, except for those idiots on Instagram, they're like, talk shit, get hit. 
or like, you know, like those people that like, right, like, welcome to the real world, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't think anyone's signing with Masvidal on this. But no. what do you think is going to happen? He's looking for a payout, a settlement, or what do you think Kobe's looking for? I don't know. Okay. I don't say. Bill? What, what is Kobe looking for? Yeah. I think he just wants to, he just probably wants to ruin him. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, fuck that guy. I would want to ruin him too. I've heard that that uh, 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 Chris Rock is going to finally sue Will Smith, and that's the news now. Because eventually, you're like, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm a man." But then you're like, "Fuck that guy. That's awful. That's. I mean, it's whatever you say. It messes up his reputation. His, you know what I mean. The fact that he got beat up in a parking lot. It doesn't look good for him, regardless of the brain, the tooth, everything else. It's just like a bad thing to have on your defining your life." Same with Chris Rock. Like, he'd want to be remembered for the slap. Fuck Will Smith. I would yeah. sue for every maximum dollar I could get for both of those cases. Steve? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm with, I'm with you not only in principle, but in practice in that. Uh, I remember, yeah, I mean, this clip of Jim Carrey going around pretty, summed it up pretty well in that, like, um, we, we live in a time where, like, we – you know, pretty unilaterally can say whatever we want as long as, you know, whatever, as long as it's not, he didn't make a direct threat to Will Smith's life. Like, I don't understand why the fuck he got up on stage and punched him. Um, so yeah, I, I would, especially Will Smith, I'd assume him for every penny I could get. Um, but as, as for Colby and Masvidal, it's not so much like, it's not so much that I'm mad. At, it's not that I think that, Colby should be trying to get money. It's more that I'm shaking my head at Masvidal than in like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, get over it now. Like, like you said, you beyond the 25 minutes thing, it's like, all right, dude. Like, you said your piece. You you fucking fought. Like, what what else do you have to do? Like, I don't know. I'm with you there. I would just sue the piss out of him. So now they're saying Colby might, might fight Gilbert Burns, which would be a good fight. Um, Burns looked great against Chimaev. I mean, yeah. I did not see that happening that way. Like some of the best fighting I ever fucking seen in my life. Oh my god, I had so much fun watching that fight. I mean, I'm obviously a little bit biased, but like, still, that was some of the best fighting I'd ever seen put to put in the fucking cage. Dude, I think in a five round fight, it was three rounds, right? Mm. In a five round fight, I, I I think Chimaev wins. I mean, I, th- I think Burns wins. I, I think, really? Yeah, I think Burns was on. Like, I think that if Chimaev fights that way. It, he made him look human for the first time. Um, yeah. Now they're saying, yeah. allegedly, like some UFC documents got leaked last week, and all these, like, some fight, all these fights got announced. Uh, we don't know who leaked them or whatever. It's the vi- so what it was? Do you know what it was actually? What was it? It's a video, right? So some, it was a podcast had Dana White as a guest, and they're walking through his office, and then in his office he has, uh, um, in his office he has like boards, right, like like probably 12 events in advance of every fight card. And I'd imagine that, you know, a lot of the cards, especially later farther down the line are, are matchups. They haven't been finalized, just what they have, you know, projected. Um, and it, they ended up catching, a, you know, a few stills of somebody panning across the board with the matchups that haven't been made yet. Oh, wow. So that's that. And that's why it's, you know, that's why they, uh, that's why people are so like resolute in their, in their, you know, their speculation is because like, well, Hey, look, Dana White had this on his fucking wall, you know, that in this, not just that they had a lot of really cool ones. They had like 
Sergey Pavlovich versus Derek Lewis. They had uh, that's where um, Shemayev and Nate Diaz was posted at. It was like yeah, Shemayev Nate Diaz. First of all, I think I think it's a great fight for Nate Diaz because if he wins that fight, he's back. I mean, not that he's not back, but he's back. I mean, right. if he's right back in right back in the mix there. Yeah, you think he, he can like, win that fight? I mean, he looks like the biggest badass in the world taking the fight. I think he, I think if he just takes the fight, it's a win for him yeah, because yeah. no one's gonna expect him to win. Because but it might be the first time he gets knocked out too. He's been knocked out before by um, what's his name? Was? Josh Thompson was last. Josh Thompson with a head kick. Uh, oh, back in, back in the day. But I think that do I think Nate Diaz could win? I mean, not being not my the fan in me says yes, of course, yeah. because he'll he'll fucking get him into some kind of either if he gets taken down, he'll catch him with a triangle, or he'll do some weird shit where he'll go bro, punch for punch. I mean, don't forget, Nate Diaz in the fifth round almost knocked out. Uh, yeah, 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 right. So, but. Your heart but, says yes, your head says no. Realistically, Next. I mean, this dude's young, hungry, uh, no fucking mileage on him. When was the last time you saw Nate Diaz really perform? And I'm not talking about, like, had a moment. I'm talking about perform. Oh, the Anthony Pettis fight, right? He, like, put it on Pettis. Okay, but you, you we want to call that performing. We're gonna call that like I'm talking. I'm not talking about like showed up and got the win. I'm talking about like fucking fought out of his skin. And this, I'm not. Look, I love. I'm with Con- Conor, hey, McGregor, yes. Conor McGregor. won, maybe. Probably, I'd have yeah. to agree with you there. Yeah, probably. And even, but like, that's not to say Nate Diaz sucks. It's just that it's like okay. Well, if I'm thinking like practically, and I'm thinking about what wins fights. Like, bro, Nate Diaz. Every time he comes out now, it's like. He lands one or two really good ones, and then, and then, like the rest of the fight, he's showboating or flicking the guy off, and it's, I fucking love it. I love it, man. I'm here for it. I'm just saying that, like, no, how do right. you expect me to put my chips down on the guy? You know? No, it's kind of like Mike Tyson, where like you remember the best of Mike Tyson, right? You you always forget the Tyson that lost to Peter McNeely. Or the Tyson that got beat by, you know, Danny, whatever his name is, Danny Green. You remember the Mike Tyson just, so same with the Diaz brothers. Like, you remember the best of them. You forget. They also, like, life caught up to them a little bit. Like, you can't. Oh, for sure. You know, back in the day, I feel like fighters back in the day could, like, party. Back in the Kevin Randleman days of the Rampage or the Tank Abbott. Even that, you know, Don Fry. It's now you got to be a full-time fighter. You got to just. But that's what it, that's the thing though is that like at that at that time in the the sport, it was a bunch of regular dudes trying to compete with like fucking stud athletes who were a lot of them Kevin Randleman juiced out of their fucking mind who had you know like real skill sets and you know Kevin Randleman Don Fry were good wrestlers. Then you had I mean a little bit later on, but like the Diaz brothers had jujitsu and they could box a little bit. It was like and it's it's. You have to say that, like, okay, but, like, for, for how much the game has evolved, for the Diaz brothers to have stuck with it as much as they did is pretty pretty yeah. special. Pretty- the last fight was rough, though. The last one, the Robbie Lawler fight, as great as the fight that was, yeah. it was that was rough to watch. I mean, with- But same with, same with Robbie Lawler in that instance, though. It's like he's been sticking with the game as it's evolved. And, you know, I mean, his um, – I'll never – I won't talk bad about Robbie either. But you have to – Robbie, though, like, let's – He's closer to the end of his career than he is at the beginning, but for him to have stuck around and competed as well as he has in the last his last several fights is is pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, I that fight I I was picking Nick Diaz to win. I'm like, oh, yeah. Nick's, Nick's gonna win, and I mean that was a great fight, but it was like two guys that are like not in yeah. the <laughs> right 
two guys like like a legacy kind of deal like 100 percent, 100 percent. um now uh other fights that are coming uh th- this week by the way do we have uh charles Oliveira or do and we just and i don't know i'm that's like such a tough one because like damn shit that's so tough um because like Oliveira has like been been on a fucking tear and he looks so good and I really feel like he's as complete as he's ever been. But like I don't know, I really don't know. That's a no. so tough. Well, I mean, I just feel like no one at some point he's getting your back and it's done. Like how can you for an entire fight prevent him from getting your back at this point? He's gotten so good at that. Charles Oliver, or uh, Michael Chandler got out. Chandler got out. But Gaethje, I don't understand. He was the two-time All-American wrestler. I, he has not taken one takedown attempt in any in any of his fights. Like that's, you would never know. Yeah, it's, it's. I think that's such a misnomer, though. That like what, people keep bringing that up, but it's like, bro, I never like. Um. It. He, he never. He hasn't made that a factor in any of his fights, you know, ever. So it's. I don't understand why. Yeah. People keep bringing it up, and it's, like, almost irrelevant at this point. It's like uh, George St. Pierre was a karate background guy, but, like, every fucking fight he had, yeah, he, some, somebody was on their back getting their face smashed or, you know, I mean, their horn torn off or whatever. Right, right, right. No, that's true. I just, you just wonder, like, I just think he has ADHD. It's like, I don't talk about Well, and then I took, this is, I'm more venting my frustration at this point because I have a friend who says the same, a very close friend who always says the same thing. He's like, especially when he's getting ready to fight Khabib. He's like, well, he's a D1 wrestler. It's like, all right, bro. Like, have you ever watched one of his fights? <laughs> I know, but it just you know, I I was a D three wrestler. I got I got a scholarship D one, but I didn't because I'm like I don't want to fucking have to go through that. But when you when you're a D one wrestler, it's your whole life. Like yeah, like if you can get to that point, it's 10, 12 years out of your life, fifteen years where you're a professional yeah. wrestler. So to then all of a sudden just be like abandon that and go punch for punch yeah. with every single person you fight is like from a wrestling family, you're like. It's like, it's like if uh, Tommy Hearns or something like, went in and just went for takedowns. <laughs> like, yeah, Tommy Hearns like went went for like a scissor sweep or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? I mean, you got to that point, but I I understand it. I think that Gaethje is just has complete ADHD. Is one of those guys like I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to have exciting fights. Yeah. Um, so and and that's worked for him. I, for, I mean, yeah. it didn't work for him at first. I mean, when, he, when, he, when he got taken out by Poirier twice. I was like, you know what? I don't know if Gaethje, if just the level of guys he was fighting in the WSOF were at this level. Because, like, Poirier beat him twice, and then he, he came back. Twice? And then to be, to be fair, Poirier beat Alvarez twice. I oh, Alvarez. What, oh, right, 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 right. Alvarez twice. Right. But no, so for him, to, for him to lose to Eddie Alvarez and then Poirier, I think that's what you were saying. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. It was like – um he it was like he was like shot out of a cannon almost like he had a, his first fight he looked him and michael johnson had a fucking awesome fight and like it, it almost looked like he was stalling out a little bit like he he'd hit his learning curve but you know that's the funny thing about like dudes at that level is or like that's what i'm learning about dudes at that level is that like the progression of skill like really you really need to have a moment like that where you have everything we can probably I, do a whole fight michael johnson's the most frustrating fire in the world because Michael Johnson is, I don't care what anyone fucking says. Michael Johnson is like some, one of the most exciting, like, oh. like 
physics breaking fighters to ever. I, I love Michael Johnson. He's got, he's got, he's got a win over, you know, a Ferguson back when Ferguson, like fucking Dustin Poirier knocked him out cold. And like, and not just like one of those yeah. things where he got him, like outclassed Dustin Poirier and then put his ass to sleep. Yeah. And Michael Johnson is the truth, but he's one of those guys that like wins every minute until he loses five until seconds he, of the fight yeah. and gets some, and you're just like, come on, dude. I'm good, I'm good buddies with Michael Johnson. And like, even I, uh, when it, whenever I don't spar, like whenever, if I'm hurt or like whatever, I'm sick, I go, I make sure to go to practice. And I, you know, and, uh, almost every, every time I go and I watch sparring and I can't spar, I catch myself watching Michael Johnson. That's, you know what I mean? We're talking about a room with, I'm talking Tyrone could be Tyrone Spawn could be there. Rumble could be there. Michael Chandler could be, we, you, you name it. Of all the guys that train at our gym, it's Michael Johnson's the guy that I end up, I catch myself, you know, like craning my head to look at kind of thing. And it's, he's just, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking stud, man. It's I not brought, that, he, he brought this hot girl to my comedy show. Right. And she wasn't wearing underwear. And like, she, and she's like, I'm, I'm looking at her vagina. Like she's wearing like a skirt where her vagina keeps flashing me. Uh, and I want to be like, hey, bro, like, yo, you, <laughs> like your girl. <laughs> I, I don't want, but I, but I'm not, I don't want to even think that I don't want to look. Yeah, I don't want to run it. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. I, I, I was like, I, I didn't know, what, I, but I wanted to tell him, but I didn't want him to think that I was looking at her vagina, you know. So I just yeah. left it. I, I, I'm sure he'll, maybe he'll see this and laugh, hopefully, or be like, dude, what the fuck? I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna tell him. <laughs> It was in it was in Arizona. You ever have a girl? Meanwhile, my daughter, who's like three, I, I get her this dress, and uh, she comes home from school. I'm like, oh, she's like, it kept falling down, and everyone saw my boobies, and I'm like, oh god. Uh, and then Bree's like, that's okay, we all have boobies. I'm like, no, 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 we can't show people our boobies. I don't care. Like, if she's three years yeah. old. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was um, my daughter, my we took her swimming the other day, and my the missus got her like a. A bikini, you know. I was like, "What are you doing? Put a bikini on her?" And she was like, "She's a baby, dude. Relax." And that was the thing is like the the logic of it is there. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. She's a baby." But I, but still, you know, I don't. I guess. Oh uh, no, you get. I get. I get. I took her to a, a concert. I, I took her out of school into this like kids concert, like called Twinkle Time. Then to a museum. We had the, we had cupcakes. We had the you know we had the best day. Uh, yeah. But but she she just. At the end of the night, we're like at a restaurant and she's like, Daddy, let's, t- let's tell jokes to each other. I'm like, okay. She goes, I'll go first. She goes, uh, what did the cow say? I go, what? She goes, oink, oink. <laughs> like she doesn't get like, Yeah. <laughs> but I just start dying laughing because it was like, <laughs> she knows how to punch it. She's got good delivery. She just doesn't understand why something's a joke. Yeah. Like she gets punched. Like work on your delivery, kid. Her delivery's there. It just doesn't understand why something's a joke. It's a new material. <laughs> yeah, but then she she's I mean she has some funny jokes though. She says, uh, what did the she says, she said, how does Santa Claus clean his hands with sanitizer? So I thought that was good. I got that. Uh so all right. Now as far as Michael Chandler, that's your teammate. Uh he adopted another kid. Yes. Now are these kids where, where are the kids? Where's he getting these kids from? Are they from Africa? I don't know. Uh, Oh, because I don't want to be like they're black, so I assume they're Afro. I'll, I'll get people yelling at me. Uh, but uh, it's adorable. I mean, he's like the greatest guy ever. Michael Chandler's yeah, like a, uh, he's like a human being that like I aspire to be like. Michael Chandler, he's always been that guy too. He's like always just been like a nice, like driven human being. What's it like having him practice with? Um, I mean, I full disclosure, I don't personally 
practice with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's good for the gym. He he brings a lot of guys up. He holds guys accountable. He obviously is. He just he's been fighting and training and competing at such a high level for such a long time that like any room that he's in is is going to benefit from just being around him, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not super close with him, but that's not because you know, not like I don't go out of my way to not be close to them. It's just, you know, yeah, the curl yeah. Bro. I have guys, I've got guys that I <clears throat> rolled and trained with for years that I never, you know, had more than a passing conversation with. And then there's Michael Johnson who I, you know, have inside jokes with, you know what I'm saying? Of course. How's, how's rumble doing? Um, I, he's another guy. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he was last time I saw him about, it would have been like two months after the, the illness thing came out. He was, I mean, he lost a lot of weight, but he was, he was on the upswing, I think. Yeah. He's a guy that like, I still think he could have been champ. Uh, he was so, he, he could have been one of the best ever, like one of the best, like, like one of the best doing it, you know, we're talking about Anthony Johnson though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, what was, his, what was his illness? What, what did he get sick with? I, I can't remember for the life of me. I feel bad. I, that's I tried to talk to him about it. I think, and he even he was at the point at that stage where he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm just sick." You know, he got really big. I don't. Who knows? He got really big doing bodybuilding. I mean, he was a 170 pounder, but never actually made 170. But and then he went into like heavyweight, and he like he missed weight at like 205. He, he went to like he was at like 170, and then he took a middleweight fight, and then he missed weight for that, so he fought at like 195. <laughs> he they had him jump straight to 205. After 205, he went to heavyweight, and then he came back down and competed at 205 pretty regularly. I mean, he would hit people, and they just went to sleep. Like, he had yeah. the most – I remember he hit the, the Cormier fight, the first one. I couldn't believe how – he was so close to finishing Daniel Cormier. And then yeah. they, they chose to wrestle with him, which was like, what is going on? I mean, but, uh, yeah, Rumble – I still think Rumble had the perfect – like, like if, like, you had his, him in the right space, could have beaten John Jones. Oh, definitely. I think he had all the all the things you need to beat John Jones. I feel like Rumble had it, but you no. Know when you think about like matchups and everything, I'm with you there, especially in this. So like Daniel Cormier would have been a tough match for anybody. It's just that like John Jones had like just like had the the perfect like anti style for Daniel Cormier. Like took Daniel Cormier out of his fight. Whereas Daniel Cormier was kind of that to Rumble. I think Rumble might have been that to John Jones in that like. He just he did things that John Jones might not have gotten a look of, and like we never really seen somebody do. And it's, you know, I I really just I think he would have I would have loved to see that fight. I think also those big fights, you know, when they Bill they have these big fights, it's like the big lead ups and the press and this. Yeah. Rumble's a pretty introverted guy, he's a pretty shy guy actually. Um, and I actually I remember one time I made a joke about him, and he and he like got mad, and I was like, oh fuck, that's not the guy. So I called yeah. up, I called him at home, I woke him up. I'm like, hey man, and then we and then we started laughing, and thank God, like he found it yeah. funny. It was like some girl liked him or something, and the girl had a lot of kids, and he's like, yeah man, I saw those kids, and he goes, I moon I moonwalked away from my phone, which I thought was like the funniest <laughs> picture of him moonwalking away from his phone. I, I never heard anybody say that he moonwalked away from his phone, but uh, yeah man, um, he was a uh, man. All right, so Congo's fighting Bader tomorrow night. The first fight, I guess it was an eye poke or something, and it ended weirdly. This is a weird Bellator. Ryan Bader's, but anyway, what I was saying is that I think that those big, heavy press conferences, all the media was not good for, for Rumble. He was a guy yeah. that, he was, if he was the third fight on a card, or second fight, or fifth fight, or whatever, he would knock you the fuck out. It was those big events 
that I think got to him mentally, physically, war on him, probably couldn't sleep, yada, yada. Like fighting Daniel Cormier, was it MSG or something? It was just not, that's not fun for him, you know? Because um, like Ryan Bader, he just fucking knocked the fuck out of him. Glover Teixeira, I mean, come on. Mm. Um, so, and Bader's a champ for Bellator and Glover's a champ for the UFC. So Congo versus Bader. Uh, how old is Congo? Did you ever train with Congo? No, 40, 44, 46, one of those. Wow. <laughs> I'm not joking either. Like the, the first time I met him, he goes, nice to meet you. He goes, I'm gay. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and he goes, just kidding. <laughs> I go, what kind of fucking joke is that? <laughs> I was like, okay. Violet's so like, this guy's the best. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd rather do the, the fucking cow say, like, like. Uh, I think Bader wins. I, I think Ryan Bader knows the only way he can lose this fight is by getting caught. And I think he just wrestle fucks him. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay. And now, Yo Romero, who's even older. Uh, then, then, I mean, he's got to be like, both these guys, by the way, are like, they look like they're in the, like 19 years old. Like they're physically ridiculous. I mean, do and, they uh, not test for, for juice in their promotion? In Bellator? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys test, Steve? Um, I haven't been tested. So they actually had a guy, yeah, a heavyweight. He popped for something out of competition. Well, not out of company. It was like, like a month ago, but. <clears throat> they had a guy pop for something that was supposed to fight on this card. So, oh, oh was that was that Melvin Manhoof? No, it was. Um, I can't think of his. It's he's a guy that fought in Russia forever, and he oh, like those guys, which makes sense. But he's no a black guy that fought in Russia forever and was supposed to make his Bellator debut against Davion Franklin, and then he. Oh, so they haven't. I'm happy because they need they need to test. This is getting ridiculous. Um, so Alex Pelosi, who's ten and one, fighting Romero. And Romero is probably going to lose this fight based on how he's been looking. But he's one of these guys that can end the fight so fucking quickly. Yeah, another guy that like can flick you he's, in the ear. And it's just, he's so he's just so like dynamic and violent and like. Have you ever trained with him? No, uh, I met him one time. He's a lot smaller than I thought he would be in person. Uh, Maybe that's just like my own doing. You know, I'd always seen him on TV, you know, yeah. leaping feet into the air, being somebody in the face kind of deal. No, nothing was more like sad when he knocked out Luke Rockhold and Luke got up and didn't know where he was. And he tried yeah. to hug him yeah. you know, and like whisper in his ear. And Luke, <laughs> yeah. and then Luke was like coming to his senses like, what Luke the was fuck? Like oh. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I actually got Luke really well. I, I told you, I went to the Tyson Ranch and they were testing everyone for COVID as you walk in. So I walk in and Luke's outside getting tested for COVID. I'm like, oh, you, I'm like, now you're valet parking? And he got, <laughs> he got so mad. He's like, it's pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, Kayla Harrison, uh, she's going for her third million dollars in a row in the PFL this Friday night against Marina. Mocknackin. Yeah, do we know this girl? Is she any good? Yeah, we do. Marina Mocknackina. She's, um, uh, I think like the only one of like two feet in my in my whatever close to eight years here in south florida we've had like two women who like regularly train with the team um and she's one of them so uh she's a girl that like the dudes get pissed off training with her because they don't want to go too hard with her and hurt the girl but anytime they let up she fucking goes savage so uh but no, she's, she's a guy that she's really like she's really you know, carved a place for herself, which, you know, isn't something that's easy to do for anybody, let alone a, 
a woman and um I'm really looking forward to seeing how she does, you know. Can she be Kayla Harrison? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But really? Yeah, she could. Well, Whether she will or not, you know, is that's yeah. <laughs> only I mean, they know that. Kayla but. Harrison is looking like it's getting silly. It, it, it's get, it's becoming to the point where it's like maybe you got to put her against – something's got to change because no one's even giving her a challenge. Have her, have her fight two girls. <laughs> Seriously, I think she could be two girls. <laughs> ever fight uh, ever fight two atom weights or something like that. oh my god i mean i don't want to say ever fight guys but i think she would be a lot of guys not guys in the ufc or the bellator but i mean maybe in like a lf like, like an amateur or something like that yeah i mean she's just fucking stacked she's she's focused she's smart she doesn't party mm-hmm. she's like she's a mom she adopted her sister's kids yeah she's like beyond nice she's a role model yeah. that's why i don't ever heard good i don't ever heard good things about her and that like that's the thing about the top team guys is it's it's wild that like we're all in such close proximity to each other and like I ended up meeting a lot of them just you know through friends or friends of friends or like a lot of them did the show together and the show had just wrapped up whenever I got here so it was like I ended up meeting a lot of them just in passing and it was like crazy how many of them I know and Kayla's you know not somebody I had the pleasure yet but I heard only good things did her judo coach molested her and he's in jail he molested like all these girls. Yeah, and then she goes around giving speeches to people that have been victims of abuse. Like, Sexual assault survivors. She's like a wonderful human being. Like, yeah, that's uh, awesome. She's just like a good person. She was, she was on Raya. She, she told us she was on Raya trying to get a date. Uh, a lot of guys are like super, super intimidated by her. You know? Of course. Because it's like, yeah, I'm sure every guy's like, I could fuck you up or saying some stupid shit or, or they don't want to go out with her because – She'll, you know, she'll beat their ass. <laughs> uh, Ray Cooper is taking on Magomed Umalatov. Uh, Ray Cooper's an f- exciting guy to watch. I mean, he's a guy yeah. that's like a 500 fighter almost. And then he got in the PFL and started knocking everyone out. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, there's a, I mean, there's a guy that, like, I don't know how well he would do in the UFC. Probably would beat a lot of guys in Belter UFC, but keep getting those million dollars. Like, geez, why would you not? Um, yeah. What? Has he won? The, I don't think Ray Cooper's won the the welterweight tournament. Oh, he won it at lower weight. That's it's no, I don't think he has. So he the first year his his like breakout year, um, where he like knocked out Jake Shields, he knocked out like a lot of those guys. He lost in the finals to like this Russian guy, and the Russian guy's like, if you think Ray Cooper's good, this Russian guy's like, like a freak, like badass dude. And uh, I want to say. Maybe he beat, he, he beat David Michelle in the finals last year, two years ago, two years ago. Okay. And then I don't know if he won it last year or not. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure. Did he? he? Yeah. That, maybe that's the thing though, is like, I'm trying to think about all the people who did win it. And I'm not sure if, if it was him, but I don't know. But how was the, the PFL in business? Literally they were in 130th place in their time slot. They lost to like, like women's like bowling or something. Like, like they, and they're giving out millions of dollars. Like they do no advertising. They keep moving states. They went from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday without telling anybody. Like, wh- whose money is this? Like, what? But here we are. Here we are talking about them, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, of course we're talking about them, but 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 no one else is. I mean, that's why they wouldn't become 130th place in their time slot. Uh, Ray Sefo's for the Yakuza or something like. That. Ray Sefo's the best, uh, but something's going on there. I mean, Khalifa, the the Pittsburgh rapper that. Whatever his body. Yeah, they got Wiz Khalifa, and then they had 
they had Jeremy Piven was deciding who, who, who gets to the next round. Uh, they had the other guy that was <laughs> the football player was, was involved. Uh, what's his name? I didn't even know about it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was him, not Ray Rice. The other guy that was like, who's the other fi- uh, football player that was like stabbed somebody but got off and he's like a Hall of Famer. Um, Ray Lewis? Yeah, Ray Lewis. Jeremy, Ray Piven, Jeremy Piven, Ray Lewis, and Tyrone Woodley were the ones deciding who gets to the next round. Like, 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 I'm not kidding. They had like a, a, like a, like a starter league and then it went to those three and, and Piven, Lewis and Tyron. But Tyron had to like admit that he lost Jake Paul and like address it before the show or something. Like it was just some strange. All right. Anthony Pettis is fighting Miles Price. Rory McDonald is fighting Brett Cooper. Uh, should be a good fight. Uh, I hope Rory wins. I like Rory McDonald. What a, yeah. what a weirdo. But I like him. I mean, that dude is—he's just an odd guy. Like everything about him is odd. The way he dresses. You ever met him? No, you met him? Yeah, I, he trains with us sometimes. Is he—is that odd in person? No, he's mad cool in person. He's very like soft-spoken, very low profile, but he's very cool. Yeah, I don't know if he's that cool, but he's like he wears weird suits, and then he's like always looking. His, in his, the- a- his affect is very like. Oh God! Awesome, especially in especially in like in interviews, it's like. They say he's the most awkward guy. Jake Ellenberger said fighting him was the worst because he does everything wrong, but you but you can't get his style. Like he's like everything is offbeat. Like he's frustrated him. Is that how? Is that your experience with like training with him? No, I mean in my experience, I only I moved around with him like once or twice. It's never like real sparring. Um, but like I would, I would wouldn't say that it was like so wrong that i couldn't capitalize on it It was more that like everything was just so everything he did was so like technically conservative that it was like hard to get a bite on him you know like you see a lot of these guys um you see a lot of dudes they'll you know like nate diaz wants to get you riled up wants to get you emotional so you blow your wallet and he takes advantage of you kind of thing conor mcgregor's style is similar in that like he uses these weird long like rangy the flashy kicks and shit to kind of get you off your rocker a little bit. And then when you overextend, he bombs you with the left hand. Right. Um, Roy McDiaz, he's like the antithesis of that. And that it's like, everything he does is so like sharp and consistent and like conservative that there's no real space to like get him off of that. But like, you know, what the problem we see with Roy now is that like, he, he doesn't always fight with the violence that he had, you know, from like, so, like, 2009 to, like, 2016, Rory was just so, like, like violent and, like, like mean and, like, you know, any room that he had for being a little extra savage, he kind of, like, took away from he, – he I was at of, that like, Robbie Lawler fight. I was at the – The, I the second both, one? I think I was at both of them, to be honest. And it was, like, insane. Like, it was, I, like, uh, Dottie Ward. It was – you, you were like, he's not going to come out. It's, it's like watching a movie. It's like watching yeah. Rocky. It, the, it's just nonstop bombs. And you was like, I give Rory so much credit for that fight. But holy shit. He says that fight didn't, didn't take anything out of him. But how could it not? Yeah. I mean, how could it not? Uh, and, then they, and then they were at the gym together. Like, seeing them at the gym together after that was so, like, surreal. Like, those, those dudes trying to kill each other. And here they are just. Well, they weren't like. They weren't like laughing, slapping each other's ass or nothing, but they were, you know, they were it was cool to see them like, you know, interacting, having a conversation. I remember Hector Lombard was like calling him out and he was like, I'm going to beat him so bad. His mama won't recognize me. Right. 
And I like posted that on Twitter and he goes, and Rory writes, that's not very nice. <laughs> like, 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 okay, Rory, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Canadians, man. Canadians. Is- I guess. This is fucking funny. So, all right, two more fights. Uh, Rose Namajunas this week versus Carla Esparza. I'm picking Carla for the upset. I don't know why. You're picking Carla there. Yes. I, wow. I think that she's, um, I don't know. I think Rose is, I don't know. The Rose is weird. Like, I, I just feel like if anyone can break her, Carla's already beaten her once. And uh, the whole Rose Pat Barry thing kind of weirds me out, to be honest. Like, even when I saw she, that, I saw that. I can't believe that's not getting more attention. And then even when she was jumping up saying, I'm the best, I'm the best. It was almost like she was like part of a cult. Like, like I know that it was like cool, but there's just something strange about, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like Carla has been like left for dead. Um, and almost like the best thing that happened for Carla's career was when Tatiana Suarez beat the shit out of her. Because since then she's been on like an upward like, like progression. Like she's just like, and that girl, by the way, Tatiana is a girl that no one's talking about. Like right. we're talking about Tatiana is undefeated, beat cancer, never lost a round, maybe arguably lost one round against, uh, what's the name's wife? Against Nunez, Nina, Sarah. Is that your kid? Yeah, she's, uh, she's weighing in. She's, oh, she's wow. letting you know. Oh my God. She heard us talking about the girl fights and she was like, hold on, I have some things to say. Yes, that kid is a dog. Oh. Congrats again. How old is she? She's um trying to think. Give me nine months here. Nine months here. Yeah, nine. Nine months. I'm gonna tell you a story where like uh I was doing a podcast and I was talking to Ponzanibio and I couldn't understand them because his English isn't great. And it was like right after he won, it was a big podcast. And my kid's crying in the room. And I'm like, Eve Edwards is on the show with me. He was, he was on, in my house. I'm like, Eve, can you go change my kid's diaper? And he goes, okay. He goes to change the diaper. We have like a, we have a baby cat. And my wife's texting me, who has our kid right now? <laughs> and then, so I find the picture of Eve, like in his worst fight, bloody everywhere. I go, this guy. <laughs> um. That, that's what she always says. Like one time I picked her up from school to go meet Mike Tyson because Cejudo was like, hey, want to meet Tyson today? I'm like, absolutely. And, and now she's like, you took our kid to meet Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, can I tell you a funny story about mis- like misconnections kind of deal? So um, back in the day, they were going to do, back in Pittsburgh, they were going to do, it was like Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's best versus Ireland's best boxing. And back whenever I was still an amateur and I didn't really put much like stock into it. Cause I was like, bro, I don't really care about boxing anymore. Like I just, I just box to get experience. Like I love it. I think it's awesome. But I was like, bro, I'm over it. Like, I don't want to keep doing these horse and pony shows. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have a good dinner where we're, like, everybody gets together and um, we're all going to sit down, eat all that shit. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's for me kind of thing. And then, uh, so I didn't go, I blew off this dinner. I found out later on that Mike Tyson was like a special guest that they invited because he was promoting a show like the next weekend in Pittsburgh and uh, broke my heart. <laughs> I could I could so. make that story. I went to wrestling camp in Iowa for two weeks, Dan Gable's camp. And it was the week that NBA Jam came out. And I was obsessed with playing NBA Jam when I was getting my ass kicked. And I, I miss going to Dan Gable's house. I, I missed the bus to go to his uh, house to see all his medals and everything when I was playing NBA Jam. 
So <laughs> see, it's even worse. All right. NBA so, Jam's the one where it's like two versus two, right? Two versus two, and they had the fireballs. And all right, so you're picking Rose. I'm picking Rose. All right, uh, Bill. This week, Rose versus Carla. I just love Rose. I just love me some Rose. I can't imagine her. I mean, I know she's like. I don't know. I feel like people always underestimate her. They always think she's going to lose. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve's kid thinks the same thing. All right. Finally, Chandler versus Ferguson. Uh, I think ten years ago I would have picked Tony. Eight years ago, Tony. Six years ago, Tony. This version of Tony, and I hate to say it because I like Tony a lot. I think Chandler wins. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to go Chandler there. Yeah. And the, I mean, I'm with you there just because I'm with you in the sense of like Tony as of, as of four years ago was like just really tearing through everybody. And now, I don't, but it's, and then to his credit though, I do think Michael Chandler is just so skilled, so athletic, so explosive. The only thing is Chandler's dumb enough to get into a stupid, punch for punch fight with him and and can get hurt by him uh like if anyone could, could, could like go punch for punch it's michael chandler he just does one of these just one of those guys uh he's just one of them dudes uh osp versus shogun uh, oh wow what a great fight i guess osp <laughs> guy that like you never know which osp is gonna show up shogun's old but I don't think anymore. Like, since COVID, I think Brazilians aren't getting tested. It seems like they all have like six packs now and are winning every single fight. Uh, uh, who do you like, Bill? OSP or uh, Shogun? Man, that's a tough one. I don't know. I I, I gotta go with OS, OSP. I, I used to love him, and then I was so disappointed. Yeah, you know, Steve. I'm going OSP there too, and not because I don't like Shogun, just. Yeah. Cerrone versus Joe Lozon is on this card. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's like, it's, you can, someone says like a Bellator card. Uh, I would say Lozon. I think Donald Cerrone, ever since he got into DMT and everything else, uh, <laughs> I, think his, I, I think his mind has painted too much. I think he, it's, he's not the same Cerrone as well. Uh, Steve? Um, yeah. Heart uh, says Cerrone, head says Lozon. And then also, uh, any one of these stick out to you that you want to talk about, Steve? Randy Brown, Chaos Williams, Macy Chasen, Norma Dumont, Matt Schnell, Brandon Royval, uh, Danny Roberts versus Trinaldo. Danny Roberts all day. Is, is he trained with you? Yes. I mean, he I'm, uh, pre-COVID, he was with us every camp. But then, you know, once the pandemic came through, kind of. Uh, Tracy Cortez versus Musilgato. Uh Journey Newsom, who... No one even believes he's in the UFC. Uh, he happens to be a great guy, uh, half black, just awesome dude. Grew up in like, like three different like shelters for kids. What, what they call like he just wow. yeah like, didn't even know his parents. Dad was a crackhead. Uh, he's now fighting Bernie Garcia. So I gotta go. Hopefully, Journey wins. And Lupe Godinez, who's fought like seventeen times this, this year so far, taking on Ariane Canalosi. And uh, yeah, so that's that. That's this week. Uh, also, Blagov Ivanov versus Marcus Rogero de Lima. You know those guys? Yeah. What? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Blagov Ivanov was like killing it whenever the WSOF, like just on fire. And it was, he's one of those guys that was like, man, I wonder how he would do against the top guys. It's just that like he was, he got to like the UFC kind of late. And I think, I mean, not to say he didn't do well, it's just that. 
Um, you know, I mean, he, he had a really tough go of things between like, uh, Junior Dos Santos, you know, Derek Lewis, like all tough guys. That said, I think, I think he's going to win here in a couple of days. I think he's going to beat the Lima. Nice. Nice. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, love having you on the show, man. This podcast has been awesome. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. And uh, nice let's see you guys. Yeah. Nice to you. meet you. Appreciate it. Take care, guys.